This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this guy back. We just talked to him a week and a half, two weeks ago. It's a former representative out of, out of Iowa, District 4 out of Iowa, uh, Steve King. Steve, uh, good to see you again. Thanks for coming back on so soon. Oh, it's good to be back with you, Joe. I appreciate it. No, I well, appreciate it. we got a lot it. to say. No, we do. We've got a lot going on. The last interview really did, uh, it, it, it grabbed some people's attention. A lot of ears were on that. And a lot of people commented that they really thought that you got railroaded. So I'm going to re, I'm going to sort of, just for those who maybe didn't see that one or to hear that one, I'm going to um, uh, reiterate what we talked about in a second. Let me remind people to get this book. It's called Walking Through the Fire. If I recall, and correct me if I get anything wrong, you were a, a representative for a long time, very good standing. They ended up trying to primary you. They ended up, uh, you know, uh, the establishment was throwing all sorts of mud your way. And suddenly they grabbed a piece of an interview or some conversation you were having where you talked about the benefits of Western civilization, which anybody with a brain would agree that Western civilization has gotten it done right. Um, not perfect. We've corrected some wrongs, but they tried to allege that you were somehow talking about white supremacy or white people are better than other people. And we've established that you never said any of that, did you? Well, no. In fact, I was conveying what they'd done to weaponize the terms white nationalism and white supremacy. That was ordered, I think, coming out of George Soros and others right after Trump's election. Yes. And I had spoken about that a couple of times prior to this interview. But I said, but Western civilization, how did that language become pejorative? Well, what's objectionable about Western civilization? They conflated those three terms together. And the article, by the way, was set up to be a trigger to launch the national media and the hierarchy of the Republican Party all down on me. And I'd gotten the warning that they were going to try that. I didn't know what the trigger was going to be. I thought I knew. I preempted that trigger. And this is the one that they used. So um, if you stand up and tell them the truth every day and you don't play their game and you do what, what our founding fathers envisioned and what your constituents want you to do and what I promised them to do, that doesn't work for the people that are in this for some other reason. And they want to hang on to their power, Joe. Former U.S. Representative Steve King, he's got a book out called Walking Through the Fire. Go to steveking.com, steveking.com. We talked a little bit about Kevin McCarthy, and if I recall, you had a phone call with him where he was going to take care of this, and you would still be in your committee you know, seats, and, and nothing would change. He had your back. He's going to go to the wall for you, and he did none of that. He, in fact, walked away, and when you asked him about it, if I recall, he said, what am I going to do? Did he say he's sorry? Did 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 he have no. a conversation with you afterwards? So from what you um, told me, your staffers were all on the same, either on the same room or on the same call, where you told them, "Don't worry, Kevin says he's got us." Well, actually, there's a little, there's two sequences to that. You said the theme is right, um, but after after chasing him around for some length and just saying there was never a justification for what Kevin McCarthy unilaterally did, which was remove me from all of my committees. And no one that I know of who's ever had that happen by the hand of their own party has ever survived a subsequent election. It is known as a political death sentence. Right. And the predecessors that have had that happen, the only ones I know of 
are convicted felons today. Wow. And what am I? A guy misquoted in the New York Times. But that was a ruse that McCarthy set up. And he built, pulled the plug on that unilaterally. He did deflect some of the blame, but it was McCarthy. And then after we trudged through this for a year and a half of me with no committees getting beaten up on on a regular basis by the media, um, I finally, I mean, I proved that that quote was incorrect. It was a misquote in the New York Times. I absolutely proved it in March of 2019. And by the time we get into March of 2020, I finally get McCarthy to at least say that he paid attention. I proved it to his staff that it was a misquote, and I said, Kevin, I just need my committees back. I don't need any retribution. I don't need any compensation. Yeah. We just need to put it back to right. And that was, in the end, a conversation on the phone where I'm sitting right here in my office. My wife was listening in that conversation. I'm taking notes. And he said, he told me he would go to the to the steering committee and and he would lobby them all to vote to put me back on my committees. And if he's a guy that can take me off unilaterally, he's a guy that could put me back on unilaterally. And so I restated it back to him, uh, pretty much what I've just said. And I said, now, Kevin, I need to know, is this is what I understand you've promised me? Is this how you understand what you promised me? He said, yes, and we'll go to work on it right away. But he didn't go to work on it at all. And so I began contacting the steering committee members and I uh, was getting the answer. Well, Kevin hasn't talked to me, but I'm happy to put you back on if Kevin wants you back on. Uh, that was many of the standard answers. But I actually had uh, had well over a majority of the steering committee that would have put me back on my committees if we could have had the steering committee meeting. But Kevin has to call it. And so when he got asked about that in a press conference about two and a half weeks before the primary election, which they were spending money against me on, then uh, then that then he told the told the press, no, we never had that conversation. Steve King's not telling Steve King's making it up, so to speak. So he undermined my integrity. And uh, he also said in that day that he thought if I was reelected, I wouldn't get my committees back either. Now, you can't be more duplicitous than that, more conniving than that, more backstabbing than that. And by the way, there's there's no dirt on me or they would have used it. Yeah. And so they didn't know what else to do with a guy that had no dirt. They couldn't buy me. They couldn't run me out because because of lack of any kind of negative, lack of any kind of dirt. So they made this thing up and uh, and used it in a way that it's it's more blunt and more brutal and more conniving than anything that I have seen. But I want people to understand what they're capable of. And this is the man that's thinks he's poised to be the next speaker of the house i just want to put it in a, in a nutshell if i can by the way steveking.com is his website steveking.com get the book walking through the fire a uh, very important read to find out some of the inner workings of what happened to him a longtime good standing uh, member of congress was targeted and basically squeezed out because he wasn't establishment enough that's what i believe anyway and hopefully yep. we'll learn more about that in walking through the fire but just i want to nutshell it Kevin McCarthy unilaterally took you off the committees. You talked yeah. to him. You proved that the quote was wrong in the New York Times. He said, let me go to the steering committee to try to get your, your, your committee you know, chairs back uh, and your seats in these, on these committees. And, and you knew right then he didn't have to go to the steering committee. He could have just put you right back on without talking to anybody else. But, okay, let's go through the process. He says that he's going to go, doesn't end up going. You find that out by talking to the steering committee. And still, uh -huh. at the end of the day, it just turned out to be a bold-faced lie from Kevin McCarthy. Why? Steve, that's always that's my favorite question as a journalist for over 32 years. Why exactly would he say he would do it and then not do it when he could have just as easily said, Steve, I'm not doing it? And then he would have been a man of his word, at least. Well, if he had said he wasn't doing it, then I'd gone publicly and said, 
Kevin McCarthy has been stabbing me all along. I was I was believing that there was a man that had some some uh, moral uh, moral standard within him, some integrity within him, and I found out it didn't exist. But he strung me along for all that time until it was too. It was his way to stop you from going. Yeah. Yes. And if and if I had and you known, stayed quiet because of that. I would have gone to the press and blown the thing up nationwide, but I didn't because I thought there was a threat of integrity, and I thought Kevin McCarthy was good for his word. It's Steve King, former um, Iowa representative, U.S. Representative District 4 in the great state of Iowa. Uh, let me ask you this. Steve, uh, Steve uh, Kevin McCarthy wants me to believe now that he's going to be hard on the border, hard on the DHS. He's going to impeach Mayorkas. Um, we're going to go nuts and stop all this crazy spending. The purse strings are being held by the House of Representatives. You and I both cannot stand what Nancy Pelosi stands for politically, but boy, was, boy, was she effective. She was so effective. She did not care what anybody else thought. Kevin McCarthy wants me to believe that he's going to do that for the right now. Will he? He's had plenty of chances to prove that, and I think he's missed on every single one of them. I would give you an example. Um, when they had 15,000 Haitians under the bridge at Del Rio, Texas, and they were pouring in under there, it was over the national news. At least I saw it on Fox. Absolutely. And, and I sent out a text to about eight different members, House and Senators, and said, go down there. Set up your tables, hold a hearing down there, bring your best witnesses in, and just stay there and, and rip this thing wide open till all of America knows it or that bridge is emptied out underneath there. And they, and they could have, couldn't they? they? They could have. I would have done it. If I'd been in Congress, I would have done it. And uh, I didn't get anybody that would take it. And one of the reasons is because they didn't want retribution from Kevin McCarthy. And, you know, that seems odd that, well, why would, a, why would a leader punish somebody for taking the lead? And it's because they can't have somebody else taking the lead if they're going to be the leader. Uh, for the same reason that the lion eats its cubs is, what is why there's so much of this initiative that's killed off. These were good people. And when I was there, I think someone would have gone with me. But today, uh, the, long, the strongest answer I got back was, I wish we had better leadership. Well, so do I, Joe. Well, well, I'm with you, and I agree wholeheartedly. I think many people watching and listening agree as well. Walking Through the Fire is the name of the book. His website is steveking.com. It is former Representative Steve King. So so what do you do now with the House of Representatives? Because there literally are people asking questions, and they're nervous about whether this guy Jeffries might get enough votes to become the Speaker, and he's a Democrat. That would be ridiculous mm-hmm. if that happened. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, as we sit right now, and you probably know this better than I do, does not have 218. So what do you do? Well, first, I think what they're saying about a potential Democrat speaker, that would be completely unprecedented in all the history of this country. Yes. And uh, the dynamics of this, I've been through it a couple of times, and um, we worked pretty hard to move John Boehner out because he was cutting deals with Nancy Pelosi. Yes. Selling out the conservatives, and uh, and he actually strung this thing out when we could have repealed Obamacare. He was the guy that strung it out and let uh, Paul Ryan be the guy that actually fell short. Both of them should have done more. Yes. Uh, but... But as far as this vote is concerned, it takes 218 votes on the floor, but a majority of the members voting. So if some don't show up, that changes the equation. If some will pass, that also changes the equation to a deal. Oh, 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 so just let me stop you. So it could be less than 218, depending on the actual number that show up. It could be less than 218, okay. a majority of the members voting. and But as it is now, 222 Republicans, and we have uh, 204 four less of those. I should be able to do the math, shouldn't I? Uh, but <laughs> it's why, why 218, 218 uh, Democrats, yeah. <laughs> but any, anyway, yeah. Uh, four would be, if four flipped, it'd be a tie, and it takes five no votes to deny McCarthy the speakership uh, under just a straight-up voting scenario. And I believe those five are already on record right now. Uh, then, 
okay, so what is McCarthy thinking? What's his strategy? What kind of deal is he looking to make? Um, and that's that could be that could be asking some Democrats to take a walk. If they did, that changes the equation, and he might be able to get elected with fewer than two hundred eighteen votes. So, so basically, he would have to say, "Hey, why don't you guys go to lunch?" And then then they'll yes. have a vote. It, he would need less than two eighteen. He could get in st- still with the majority of who's there. That's the most likely wow. strategy on the part of Kevin McCarthy. And so, but the people that are opposing McCarthy know this. And then the grapevine feeds information and there's calculations that are made. And uh, it's surprising to me when my internal information gives me a piece and I see it in, say, the Hill within a few hours. Right. So you can rewatch the press and get a pretty good idea what's going on behind the scenes. At least that's what I see, Joe. Well, Steve, can and Andy Biggs get the speakership? Because from what I understood, if Kevin McCarthy doesn't get it the first vote, it would be the best thing for him to do to get out of the way. Do you think he would do that? Um, no, I don't think so. But I think that, um, I think that after a couple of attempts, he might get the message that he's not going to be speaker, especially if just say on the first vote, there's 20 of them that vote for somebody else. Uh, so he's going to be 16 votes short. And then if they have another vote, now he's 30 short, that's a trend. And once you see that trend, I think then he would step back. But he had his chance to be speaker a few years ago when Paul Ryan finally emerged. Right. And uh, he pulled his name out um, before the announcement came out of our conference room. And uh, I don't want to go into the personal lives of this thing, but that was something that weighed heavily on him, on his family, and on the people in that conference room. And they didn't want to have all that information become public. And so I don't know if enough time has gone by. I don't think there's a statute of limitations on these things. Right. But um, he's going to be a target. And uh, much more about Kevin McCarthy is going to emerge if he stays as a candidate for speaker. SteveKing.com is the website. It's former U.S. Representative Steve King, uh, District 4 Republican, great state of Iowa. Um, Walking Through the Fire is the name of the book. Walking Through the Fire. Uh, Let me ask you this. Have you been vindicated, Steve? You said the New York Times quote was wrong and you proved them wrong. Did they ever fix it? Did they apologize? Did you sue them? What happened with that? And has anybody from Congress that were your friends that you hadn't heard from for a long time, once you proved that you never said these ridiculous things, did they call you and say, listen, man, we've got your back? Well, there are a few of them that do have my back. Uh, A lot of them are just busy. And so it doesn't occur to them to pick up the phone at this point. But I'll say here in Iowa, where I represented people here in this this, between the state Senate six years and 18 years in the in the U.S. House, um, they know me. And when I go out to the streets, say Sioux City is an hour and a half from me. But I spent a week uh, on the streets of Sioux City for uh, well, it was a it was a court issue that was going on there in and out of restaurants. And invariably, people would come up and say, thanks for your service. We need some. We need you back again. And that's going on continually. Interesting, uh, I went in to refresh my, renew my pre-check for uh, airline flights for going through the security a little right. faster. And I walked in the federal office for pre-check. And, and I thought, well, this is going to be full of Democrats and whatnot. And the lady behind the counter was very, very friendly. And I found out she was a, from a political family. Another one came up to talk to me. There were about a dozen people there. And pretty soon we had the equivalent of a town hall meeting in the pre-check office in Sioux City, nice. Iowa. That's nice. So they treat me at least as nice as they did when I was in office, Joe. So I feel good here. But- I don't think nationally I'm actually... Uh, refurbished to that extent at the national level. But here in Iowa, uh, it's pretty good. And we still have people at the hierarchy, including the governor and the state party chairman, Joni Ernst, for example. They were all part of this from the beginning. And um, they haven't come back and called me and said, gee, I was wrong. And so, uh, and I don't expect they will. They're not made of that kind of stuff. Did New York Times, did they did they apologize? Did they correct it? What did they do? Anything? It's, they leave it set. They insist that this is right. 
And it's really just a matter of punctuation. I think we talked about that the last time. Uh-huh. But but no, they didn't apologize. And I can't really effectively sue them because of the Sullivan case, which was about 1965. And it was the New York Times versus Sullivan, who was the constable of a county in Alabama. And the Supreme Court ruled that if you are a uh, if you're a newspaper of record or if you're one affiliated with that, then you're not accountable for your errors unless you can prove malice. Wow. Proving malice is pretty hard. And, but uh, Clarence Thomas wants to see that case come back uh, before the Supreme Court. So do I. I do, too. But, but I haven't found an attorney that wants to take that on contingency. And it takes a lot of money to get to the Supreme Court. Steve, last question. We've only got about a minute, and I appreciate the time. SteveKing.com. Go uh, get walking through the fire right now. Uh, you, you sound, an, don't, don't quote me, but you sound an awful lot like a candidate, Steve King. Uh, <laughs> is this something that you would do again? Are you looking to possibly get back into Congress? I see how engaged you are, and you're holding yeah. town hall meetings at the clear check you know, <laughs> to, to get on the air, uh, to, uh, airplane. Um, is that something that you see happening? You know, uh, my wife went without me for 25 years, right. and uh, uh, she has something to say about it. I told her if I'd been around here 25 years ago, by now I'd have been a perfect husband. But, uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm very engaged, and I'm communicating all day, every day. My screen time's about 12 or 13 hours, Nice. and uh, I, I've got a network of people I'm working with. I'm thinking about writing another book, but I, I, going back to Congress, if there was a groundswell and a calling, I would consider it, yeah. but I'd say it's not likely. But it's not like I'm going to step out of this arena and just let bygones be bygones because we have to clean up the swamp. Yes. And you've got to get the unethical people out of there and get some noble people in place. And that's what I'm trying to do. So you're saying there's a chance. All right. Uh, there's Steve, a good chance. <laughs> Steve King, former U.S. representative of a great state of Iowa. Get the book, Walking Through the Fire. Go to his website, steveking.com. Steve, thanks a million. I appreciate you. Let's do it again soon. I sure will. Thank you so much, Joe. All right, Merry brother. Christmas All right. You. Merry Christmas. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pags Show. Dashing Great to have you. Thanks. I appreciate you stopping by. Really glad to have uh, Steve King back. The guy makes a lot of sense. You know, we'll see what Kevin McCarthy does. He is convinced that McCarthy will not be the speaker, which is interesting to me. And if it really went down the way that he said it, it went down, that's, that's not cool. You, you know what I mean? That's not cool. I'm going to take care of it. Then he didn't take care of it. And King is squeezed out because he's, for, for some reason, for standing up for Western civilization like that's bad. Uh, by the way, a lot of people are going to the website. I'm seeing a lot of traffic now. JoePags.com slash store. JoePags.com slash S-T-O-R-E. And it's J-O-E-P-A-G-S. Dot com slash store. Get your merch just in time for Christmas. You've got to order today to make sure it gets there in time for the big day. So again, JoePags.com slash store. Go and check that out. We're coming back right after this. This is the Joe Pags Show.